The Road to Rediscovery is sponsored by BetterHelp. Let me ask you something. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? You know, for me growing up, feelings of anxiety, inadequacy, doubt, and even imposter syndrome got in the way uh, of me reaching my goals and reaching my full potential, right? So BetterHelp addresses these and more. It's not a crisis line and it's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't have to ever sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. It's more affordable than traditional offline therapy and, get this, financial aid is even available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. They mean it. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Road to Rediscovery. That's Better H-E-L-P and join the over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. And there's a special offer for our Road to Rediscovery listeners. Get 10% off your first month when you register at BetterHelp.com slash Road to Rediscovery. We're all on this journey of life together. And it sure feels good to know professional help is within our reach with BetterHelp. Again, that's Better H-E-L-P. Thanks to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. Our lives are laid out on a road of bumps, turns, struggles, and more. How do we respond? How do we endure adversity for learning and growth? I'm Aubrey Johnson, and we'll explore these questions and more on The Road to Rediscovery. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Road to Rediscovery. I'm your host, Aubrey Johnson, and I'm so glad that you're here with me today. The Road to Rediscovery is about reflecting on life lessons to learn and grow from them, and of course, pay it forward and take it to the next level by helping others who are struggling through dark times. Now, as you know, on The Road to Rediscovery, we are very passionate about delivering quality content that is of value to you and your personal growth. If you like what you hear and you wish to support, please visit roadsrediscovery.com slash donate. That's road, the number two, rediscovery.com slash donate. We'll give you a shout out in a future episode. And as always, there is no obligation. We are truly grateful for your listenership. Now, as we know, this time of year, school is almost out for the summer and the vacation season is upon us, right? For the most part, that means traveling to that family favorite vacation spot or perhaps somewhere new and adventurous. Why do we go on these vacations? Well, we go for the change of scenery. We go to relax. We go for fun activities. But guess what? We also go for the food. That's right, the food. My special guest has combined his love for food and travel. He's the founder and CEO of Ask Chef Dentist Productions, and through his blog, has shared his amazing experiences with scores of dishes from around the world. Furthermore, his recipes and cooking tips has helped millions feed their friends and families with easy-to-make restaurant-style dishes at a fraction of the cost. 
Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome Mr. Dennis Litley to the show. Hey, Dennis, welcome to the show. It's so great to have you. Well, thank you, Aubrey. Thank you so much for having me. That's quite a welcome there. I haven't had applause in a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's uh, the, the dedicated, committed listeners of the Road to Rediscovery. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. It's a good way to start things off. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So for the listeners benefit, Dennis, if you can just share with us, kind of like the chicken or the egg, right? Mm -hmm. Which came first for you, travel or cuisine? Oh, cuisine. Definitely. Nice. Cu cuisine was always something that I was very passionate about. And I, I always say it's because I love to eat. Mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. I, I definitely love to eat. So there was a, a marriage that just made in heaven because my love for food and, and I was actually enjoyed cooking. Yeah. I started at an early age and I, and, you know, I learned right away that me being able to cook meant that I got to eat. So, you know, <laughs> yes. you know, my mother was a nurse and she would work nights. So she slept during the days and mm -hmm. you know, I tried to let her sleep most of the time. I was not a good, good kid, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I started to cook and that uh, uh -huh. just, blossomed in me and it was be something that I, I love to do and I travel you know I was referred to as the accidental travel blocker uh, really? I would yeah I was invited a, a friend of mine when I had just moved to to the Orlando area said you know mm -hmm. this this hotel is looking for bloggers to come and help them and and I was like yeah I, I'm not a travel blogger she goes oh no go apply apply they'll they'll love to have you yeah so you know I went and I'm, I'm looking out from the third floor, which was not their best room. I got their last room. Okay. They hadn't renovated that high up yet, but they had put in nine foot sliding glass doors that opened to the ocean. Wow. So yeah. I, st I stood there and I'm going, huh, I can do this. <laughs> yeah. I started, it started to click. So then, you know, I started traveling and writing about mm -hmm. places. And the more I wrote about them, the more places people sent me. And, mm -hmm. And I was writing about, and I would tell them, I'm not just going to write about your destination. You know, people yeah. already know what's here, why they're coming. I need to write about the food and the craft breweries and the distilleries. And yes. So that kind of cemented myself into becoming a, tra a, a food related travel blogger. So that was, that was my niche. I see. I see. Uh, amazing, man. Absolutely amazing. So um, very unique niche. Well, yeah. I guess redundant, but still, it's a very good, good niche to be in because it's it's two passions that that most people, if not all people, love, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, I, I was told my friends, I says, you know, everyone eats, everyone has to eat, mm -hmm. you know. So that's a market right there, and mm -hmm. everyone wishes they could travel. So those yes. are two markets. Yes. Yes. Um, and 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 so over time, as you become this accidental travel food blogger um uh, how long does it take before the word gets around you know that that hey um and, and i'm not talking about with the followers and maybe it starts with the followers um but but i'm talking about the organizations in which you know you traveled for and uh, and, and and wrote about or wrote for you know like you said you, you you're not just uh writing about the destinations but you know you're you're talking about the food yeah. the breweries, the restaurants and so yeah. forth. Well, you know, it took, it took some work. You know, everybody says, mm -hmm. Oh, wow. You have such a great life. I do. I have a great life, mm -hmm. but you know, they don't understand how much work goes into producing, 
you know, they, they see me out having a good time. You know, right. I, I, I do, I have a great time. Mm -hmm. uh, my wife jokes about every time I eat, it's the best meal I've ever had because I, <laughs> because I get so into it. Then later on, yeah. I can, I can, you know, pick it apart a little, but I usually don't. If it's, if they mm -hmm. tried hard and it's good, I'm happy. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it took the followers and I think I became as popular as a travel blogger because I had a huge following with my food side. Yeah, yeah. So I was made to succeed. And where most travel bloggers did not, well, first of all, if they had a website, it wasn't very pretty. Okay. You know, they just, that wasn't their thing. You know, that's just when people yeah. used to write for magazines and then they started writing for online things. So they weren't as concerned about their own, their own property. And mm -hmm. so they didn't have that. And followers, they never even thought about that. Wow. You yeah. know, so yeah. I, I had a million followers on Google Plus. Nice. A I, million. I, a million. I had over a million followers on Google Plus before it shut down. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and I had a good following on all the other social media. So mm -hmm. I'd go mm -hmm. in there with a million and a half or a million and three quarters followers and just blow people away. Wow. So, you know, I, I and, and that leads me to think that maybe, you know, like in your case, it started with the followers, right? Having, having, having those followers, having that audience of that size, right? Um, that can capture the eyes of a lot of um, travel and tourism uh, boards oh, um, yeah. throughout the world, I would imagine. Oh, absolutely. You know? I, I, they yeah. even got me to, to uh, speak at the governor's conference on tourism in Florida. I'd only been here a few years. Oh, wow. But I made friends with this person on Twitter Mm -hmm. who I thought was this some housewife, you know, not to demean housewives. I love them, but I mean, right, right. some housewife who had an account who was having a great time in Florida as much as I was. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it turned out she was a PR person for a marketing firm. And we became friends. And, and before I didn't know who she was. And she goes, how would you like to speak at the governor's conference on tourism? And I'm like, yeah, are, are you drinking again? You know, <laughs> right. So I did. And I went to Tampa and I was on a panel and spoke in front of a bunch of people about how I did traveling and how I, what, you know, what the whole basis behind being a travel blocker and how you, know, you talk about pay it forward. I always give them more than they bargain for. Mm, yes. And that's not just in travel. That's in everything I do. You know, if they mm -hmm. ask me for six posts for six social media posts, they're yeah. going to get 10 or 15. Gotcha. You know, they're yeah. just, I just going to push it out because I love doing it. So that again is something that has kind of endeared me to people. Um, Very nice. Exceeding expectations. For yeah, sure. yeah. 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 Without a doubt. So um, <laughs> I have a strange question here, but you know, um, when, we've all heard the old adage when it comes to like uh, combining, you know, a good combination, you know, between food and drink, right? Um, mm -hmm. If you're going for red meat, you want a red wine. If you go for chicken or fish, maybe a white wine and so forth. Um, have you ever found yourself um, in your writings kind of recommending a certain meal or dish as you take in a landmark specific to that area? Like, uh, I don't know, uh, if you're on an, uh, on an outdoor cafe, um, right across from the Leaning Tower of Pisa, mm -hmm. what's a good dish or cuisine to dine on in that area um, while taking in that view? I mean, sure. is, does anything like that come up? Oh, absolutely. You know, there's always local food that is a must to try. 
Yeah, uh, I actually was in Pizza, Pizza, and we we did uh, eat a little cafe. I honestly don't remember what their local food was though, because it was on our my wife and I's second trip we ever did in 1999. Okay, uh, when we were there. But right. talking about that, we were in Portugal, and we were in Porto, and one of the dishes was this um, squid ink linguine with garlic shrimp, mm. and we were in this little hole in the wall cafe yeah and i everybody was going in there to get stuff and i said i'm gonna try some food here and i ordered that and we ordered something else my wife just she didn't like the looks of it she didn't like it i said oh, good because it was delicious <laughs> really and i woofed that down so yeah yeah when you're in different areas like i was in uh barcelona and yeah. they wanted me and i have a rule when someone puts food in front of me i mm -hmm. would at least be gracious enough to try it Yes, yes. I will never say, oh, I don't eat that. You know, right, even right. if I'm thinking that I'm going to try it and I'm going to try and enjoy it. Well, yeah, I'm not a big octopus fan because I rarely have had it done well. Okay. And they sent out this grilled octopus that, oh my God, it was just cooked so simply seasoned. I don't know what they seasoned with and whether they cooked it over a wood burning grill, but yeah. I found myself in love with octopus. They brought out this huge freaking tentacle and I'm going, oh my God. God, really? Yeah, but I ate it, you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then it was just delicious. And then while I was in Barcelona, also they took me out to a shrimping boat, and they mm -hmm. had just brought their haul in, and I'm on the boat touring the boat, looking around. And then they set up a grill, and they're grilling some of the shrimp they just caught for me. Beautiful. Oh. It doesn't get any fresher than that, does it? No. It's yeah. Just, yeah. So, and and as a chef, like I get in places that a lot of people don't. Like when we were okay. in Madrid, they took me back to this restaurant and it had been there since 15 something. Mm. And, and uh, their specialty was baby pig heads. And they had oh my them, gosh. They had them lined up on trays around this huge old wood burning oven. Uh, yeah. You know, and nobody got to see that. You know, it was like, I don't know when that was built, but it was old. <laughs> oh, I bet it's been around for a while. 15. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Yeah, that's a difference with Europe. You know, we see things in the States and it's, you know, uh, since 1967. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and I was in this town in France and they had this old truck and it said since 1542. You know? <laughs> yeah. Now, it really puts into perspective what is old, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and we have things hundreds of year old and they have things centuries, you know. Oh, that's of course. That's the difference. Yeah, uh, no doubt, no doubt. So um, you, you mentioned earlier, Dennis, uh, about, you know, uh, having an open mind and being gracious enough to try whatever's put in front of you if someone asks you to, to have a bite. Yeah. And uh, you also mentioned about, um, you know, not the not so much the importance, but what you try to do typically when you are in an area is to uh, try a dish that is popular or common oh, yeah. to the area, right? Absolutely. So in all your travels, have you ever went to a place where you were pleasantly surprised of a cuisine or dish that yeah. may not have been common to the area? That was not common to the area. I had my first real taste, the first taste of real Chinese food in Paris. Really? 
Yeah. Uh, and it was shocking. <laughs> it was because what well, we get here, folks, let me tell you. Yeah. It yeah. It ain't Chinese. <laughs> no. <laughs> so uh, we were tired. Well, my wife was tired of eating French food. I, I rarely get tired of eating French food, but she was. So right. we wanted, she wanted something different. So I said, all right, let's try Chinese. We like uh -huh. Chinese well. She went back to the French food the next day. <laughs> oh, did it, she really? Yeah. Now it was it was good, but it was just not kind of what you expected. You know, mm, it just it was. You know, it's because in foreign countries they'll make food that is closer to what they really eat. Oh, of course. In the states, just like Italian food, you know, there's so many dishes that we love. Like you'll never get a chicken parm in Italy. No. I mean, somebody will make it for you, but I'm telling you, you're never going to find it on the menu. You know, there's things that we eat that you're just never going to see because when the immigrants came over, they worked with what they had. Yeah. And things just blossomed. You know, they they cultivated their culture and, and injected American items into it and built things based on their knowledge. You know, and that's how food kind of evolves. Now, Italian American food is wonderful. Italian food is wonderful. Yes. They, they cross over on certain points, but yes. not on all of them. Um, you know, you bring up a very interesting point, Chef Dennis, because, um, um, and you, you've given me some insight that's really enlightened me. And, and here's what I mean by that. Um, for so long, you know, especially, I'll use my example, living in North Dallas, okay, there's Mexican food and there's Tex-Mex. Yeah. And um, in a lot of cases, you know, it's 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 tougher than you think to find a true, authentic Mexican restaurant, uh, even in Texas. Right. Because Tex-Mex is so, so densely populated. I mean, throughout, you know, so many restaurants, uh, you know, here and 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 and, and so. I think the Tex-Mex is kind of like the Mexican food has become, quote, Americanized. And um, I always had an impression of Americanized food that came from another country as just uh, a way that, let's say Italian, mm -hmm. a way that the Italians would make the food to appeal to Americans. Um, and, 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 and the insight that you shared is that that's not the case necessarily, but it's working with what you have as the immigrants came over here from the old country. Is that, mm -hmm. is that, is that right? I, I think so. And a prime yeah. example of it is I grew up on Tex-Mex. Uh, uh -huh. you feed me real Mexican food mm -hmm. and I'm like, I'm not always happy Yeah, because I'm, I'm half Mexican, but my grandmother, was lived in Texas a good portion of her life. And mm -hmm. that's where it comes in with the different ingredients and the different quality of food. Like my mother always said that, you know, we, we ate pinto beans. That was yeah. it. You know, the poor uh, Mexicans ate black beans, you know, oh, yeah. we had rice that had tomato in it. They had plain rice or yellow rice. Mm -hmm. you know? So mm -hmm. it was a, it was a cultural difference too, in terms of um, quality of ingredients. And I think when they came to the United States, uh, meats were more available. Right. Uh, and, and again, and you're feeding, who are you in Texas? Who are you feeding? You're feeding cowboys. Yes, you are. You're That's feeding right. hungry, hungry cowboys. So you better make the food hearty. You better make it tasty yep. and you better make it plentiful. Stick to the ribs. Stick yeah. to the ribs. Yes. So, so I think that's kind of how, and California Mexicans almost the same, I think, as Tex-Mex to some uh -huh. degree. You get the same kind of crossover. And again, it was the same 
type of influence where you have a little bit more money, you have a little bit better right. ingredients. And it always comes down to ingredients. You know, Italians, through all their different regions, they eat a lot differently. I think mm -hmm. as a country, they're probably like the United States is very diverse too. And we have yeah, yeah. different states have different things, but mm -hmm. Italy's about the same too, because every region, if it's closer to a different country, has that influence. Or gotcha. the South is more olive oil. The North has all the cattle, so they have cream and cheese. You know, it's just mm -hmm. culturally mm -hmm. different, but but they they're the one culture I know that uses everything every piece of the animal and if you ever, really? watch, you ever watch stanley tucci and see some of the things he's eating you'll see oh my god yeah they're they were eating, <laughs> i was watching him the other week and he's eating some kind of brains and, and you know, oh my goodness you know, just it's there they do not waste a part of an animal you know no wow wow so hey there's some efficiency behind that and uh and and also um i don't know environmentally friendly <laughs> yeah yeah, if you're going to process an animal, I guess. Use the whole thing. Yeah, and they're very creative in the dishes they make using all those different parts uh, as well, it sounds yeah. like. Yeah. Uh, man, that's 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 awesome. So uh, you mentioned something regarding like in Mexico, pinto beans mm -hmm. uh, was was a common um, type of beans and, and, and the poor Mexicans had black beans. Um, have you noticed in wherever you travel, has there been um, a certain type of food that has um, that had a connotation or a history of the lower economic level of uh, of, of 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 those of, of those those citizens, those residents um, that was common amongst them, but has become a delicacy? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Just just think of tacos. Think yeah. Of, think of how we have elevated the lowly street taco to now we're paying eight dollars for a fish taco. Or, yeah, you know, you're right. For one for <laughs> one fish taco, or yeah, or you know, you think about the Irish and Ireland was the country that surprised me the most because uh, mm -hmm. when they invited me over, they said we want you to come to Ireland to spell the myth that the Irish don't know how to eat, and I'm like. Uh -huh. <laughs> Okay, I'll, I'll, I can do that. Yeah, yeah. And from the first meal there to the last meal there, I have never eaten so good. Um, really? Food was just phenomenal. What we call farm to table is simply dinner. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just mm -hmm. they, they know where everything comes from. That's where I learned to love lamb, actually. I was not a lamb eater. Mm. And uh, I had lamb done so many different ways. And Really? And again, so you talk about food, like Iron's a prime example with like the poor food, like boxties, these little things yeah. that they make it for lunch or the, the meat pies that they used to make, things yeah. that the, the coal miners would take in to work with them that they could eat, you know, uh -huh. or, which are now are fashionable, you know, yeah. Just, yeah. just just make a soup, you know, soup was let's see what scraps we have so we can make a meal. Yeah, yeah. And now you go into restaurants who have these premier soups that are always the same that they make that they specialize in. Mm -hmm. You know, we've taken a lot of and and honestly, common food, peasant food, yeah, is the best. You know, <laughs> it, it really is when you come down to it. It's it's you know they're they're doing something with nothing and making it taste really good. So you you give it to someone who has a little more skill and maybe has some other ingredients that can you know, add into it and sure, you, sure. you got something magical then. So, you know, they take all these uh, inexpensive dishes, just, just even like the lowly hamburger. You yeah. Know? Yeah. 
who would have thought we've turned it into such a gourmet item on every menu? I had the best hamburger of my life in Paris. In Paris. Paris. Another surprise. Another <laughs> I was we had been on the road for almost five weeks and yeah. Damn, I wanted something American. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, I love eating all the different cuisines, but I said, I just need a burger. And yeah. Yeah. They weren't happy to have us in there. This was one of the few times where they were not happy French people. You know, usually mm, okay. they get over it when they see you're not an ignorant American. Um, right. But they just weren't happy. But it was, it almost mooed at me when it came out. It was so rare. Really? It was so good and you know that's again the difference in meats like we can eat things rare there that we would never dream of eating rare here you know in, in europe because of because of how they raise the animals and sure sure you yeah know, I, I eat like a fool over there and i never gain weight you know there's just don't have mm -hmm. the additives and things they don't have all that extra sugar oh, and yeah, things. preservatives and all that yeah, yeah 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 so it's more of a purity food so there's a big difference there amazing Wow, that's that's really that's really surprising. And uh, farm to table seems commonplace in a lot of areas. It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. in in, a, in the most literal sense, right? I oh mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I've yeah. I've had restaurants say, "Yeah, we're gonna. What did you want? We're gonna send someone down to get this kind of cheese for you." The the guy down the street makes it, you know. Oh or, wow, you know. It's yeah. just, it's just great. We were in a villa in Tuscany and we didn't feel like going out. So we stayed behind while the rest of the group went out. Mm -hmm. And the owner of the, of the, the villa we were at says, uh, would you like to eat with us? You know, we'll, she put us at a separate table. I would have eaten with a family happily. Yeah. But she put us at a separate table and fed us this beautiful spread of meats and cheeses and breads and olives. Oh, and, so nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was so just so nice hospitality it is yeah. it's just pure hospitality yeah yeah and 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 there's there's such a deep connection uh when it comes to just interacting with uh friends and family people who are close to you or people you just meet um when you have something in common such as good food yeah. and a good atmosphere right well food is what binds us food is what it does what we can you can bring people together from every country on earth and set mm -hmm. them at a, at a dinner table mm -hmm. and they'll be laughing. They won't understand each other a lot, but they'll be laughing and enjoying themselves and walk away as friends. A lot of them, because food does that. Mm -hmm. Good food just brings us together. And, and, you know, because we're all, we're all the same people. And sometimes it takes something like food to make us realize that. Agreed. hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, one particular type of food that I feel brings people together, um, but I guess you have to have an acquired taste for it. I'm a huge fan of, uh, of Creole oh, yeah. and, and, and New Orleans style, um, food, uh, just, you know, the crawfish, the etouffee, all of that good. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. My mouth just waters thinking about it. And, uh, and, and, you know, I've been to Louisiana quite a few times and had, you know, that, authentic at least i think authentic mm -hmm. in the restaurants there and uh and 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 you know i see people come together you know and and i see them come together whenever there's food no matter what kind of food but yeah. i see a true true bond a bond of um just um um being you know light lively mm -hmm. 
um, you know, good vibes and that sort of thing amongst people um, enjoying some some good Cajun food. Oh, yeah. In my experience, you know. Yeah. And there's a difference between Creole and Cajun. You know, yes, there, there is. is. And you'll get more of the Creole in New Orleans. I'm trying to remember uh, if I have it backwards or not. But, you know, one is more New Orleans style and the other, I think, Cajun is as you go out more. Yeah. Agreed. Um, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you said that too fair, I remember the first time I heard somebody say, I'll have some of that a toothy. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> and, and I heard the waitress say, well, you're going to have to pronounce it correctly before I bring it to you. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, love it. But yeah, oh yeah, great. And it's a great city too. It's again, it is. all that it's been through and it's resilient and it's still, the people are still friendly yeah. and happy and they are they you know, are good hospitality and i think a lot of it i don't want to say it's a southern thing mm -hmm. but i think a lot of it has to do with the southern mentality of hospitality opposed to the northern kind of ideology of, of uh, more of a fast-paced living because even if you don't like someone if you don't invite them in for a sweet tea mm -hmm. you're you know you're not being a good host Right. You, you still have to make the effort and invite them. You know, bless their hearts, you know. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's right. Bless their hearts. Uh, but, you know, even a, a, you would never be rude to not invite someone in for a sweet tea, glass of tea. You know, uh, it's just no. uh, something they do. So it's it's built in. But, yeah, yeah I was really surprised. Uh, I've only been to New Orleans once. Mm -hmm. I was actually born in Louisiana. Oh, nice. Uh, I was born at an army base <laughs> at Fort yeah. Polk. Uh, before Fort we, Polk. Yeah, before we moved to San Antonio. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And uh yeah, I, I think I became a Texan. I was only like nine months old when we moved. And my mother says she's a Texan. She said they put something in the water there. Uh so you're always a Texan <laughs> after that point. Uh, <laughs> oh, but, that's uh, funny. That's it, that's funny. I, yeah. I, I love it here, by the oh. way. Yeah, yeah. Texas is uh truly home for me now. i my wife and I moved here seven years ago from, you know, through my job and uh absolutely love it here so uh yeah i think this is where i'll where i'll stay for a while i you know i do i i, I like florida i really do i love the mm -hmm. blue skies and the mm -hmm. sunshine um it's just it's getting so crazy crowded though oh um, i believe it yeah we're we're yeah. gonna move a little north uh, next year where we're just put our house up for sale here mm -hmm. and we have a house in new jersey that we got last year so my wife's very happy because she's closer to her family and her friends but oh, i good. i can't take the winners i just no I just, winners are yeah yeah uh, winners they are, get brutal up there yeah yeah so i just so i said we have to we have to, and i had said texas i said mm -hmm. she goes well where do you want to go besides florida i says well we could always go to texas <laughs> that's right <laughs> you know that is home <laughs> thank you <laughs> uh, so she's not quite sold on it but i, I may have to no. run her over to galveston or padre island or corpus christi or somewhere and, yeah i think rockport is a pretty decent yeah. place too right yeah. Yeah. yeah no for sure so dennis um when you are say you're in the midst of enjoying a delicious meal um at one of um at, at one of the exciting places that you visited um how does how, how does how does the the inspiration of the words and the and 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 the the you know the the, the vivid descriptions to articulate 
you know, the texture and the taste and how it was prepared. I mean, when it does it pop into your head as you eat and then you have a notepad or do you all keep it all in your head? And then after the meal, you, you, you kind of recap or, or how does that happen? I, I take pictures of everything. Okay. I, I mean, I have, I have a little camera that I use specifically and I figured out how to use it with almost no light. When we were in Ireland, we were in this really dark restaurant and mm -hmm. I ended up using my phone for, for light, but placement of it is very important. So you don't get glare and get all this sure hard, ugly pictures. Yeah. So I would get these really great pictures using this little camera and my phone. And I, so I take pictures of everything. If the light's good, I mean, I just constantly take pictures. So I remember my wife says, you know, you'll she'll say, uh, remember when we were in Rome in uh, 1998? And I says, yeah, we ate at that place by the Spanish cafe and I had the bronzino and you had the. And she goes, how do you remember that? <laughs> uh -huh. you know, it's, it's just nuts. So I, I tend to remember at least so far I have, thank God. Uh, we'll see how as I get older, how my memory holds up. But uh, but yeah. I even do that when I'm creating food and at home mm -hmm. for my blog as I will mm -hmm. put it together. And more lately, I have been writing down at least a base recipe, right? I'll, pr I'll print it out. You know, I put, I start a blog post and I, I put the ingredients down. I won't always put amounts down. Mm -hmm. I print it out. Then I take it out to me and then I'll make corrections on it as I'm cooking. Gotcha. Or <clears throat> if I use too much of something, I will cut it back. You know, I, I won't necessarily, as long as it still looks good. Yeah pictures happening. I know what I did wrong. You know, all these years of experience, I know what I did wrong. Right. So this same thing kind of goes when I'm out and I'm taking pictures. And like I mm -hmm. said, at the time I'm eating something, I'm just enjoying life mm. more than very nice, more than you could humanly think possible. Very nice. And later on when I'm sitting or the next day, when I look at the picture, I go, yeah, that was really good. But that sauce needed just a little more flavor and needed you know might have needed a little more salt or needed a little pepper or needed a little basil or you know then the things will come and then i'll tie it together and then when i write a post i, I tell people i didn't know how to I, I wasn't a travel blogger i'm definitely not a travel writer i, I i'm not mm -hmm. you know i'm not a magazine writer i'm not going to give you the great american novel i'm writing my experiences so right what I do is like what pictures worth a thousand words. I, I take my pictures I, and I comb through them and I correct them and I make them look nice. And, and then I just try to decide what I'm going to use and I'll pop a picture up and then I write about the picture. Beautiful. I think that's enough. Okay. Now I pop another picture up and I write about the picture. Right. Right. So that kind of gets things long and then something will come in my mind and I'll interject something else into it. I had a guy pay me one of the most offhanded compliments. <laughs> We did a trip, and I forget where it was to, but he says, you visited four UNESCO sites, and all you wrote about was the food. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, admittedly, I was very hungry after I got done reading your post. He goes, I can't believe you didn't mention the UNESCO sites. And I was like, exactly. Right. Everyone that goes there knows those UNESCO sites are there, mm -hmm. but they don't know what you can eat. Right from the popular uh, areas to yeah. The, yeah. the the small local mom and pop type restaurants, right? Yeah, or what kind of dish is specialized? Like you were asking, you know, specialties of the areas. What to right. look for? Right, you know, uh, different things. Like in Portugal, it was those little tarts they have that everyone has. You know, it's just you know you look for things. It's just yeah. it's just fun. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. So, have you ever left a city or a country wishing you tried a certain dish? 
And uh, was that inspiration to return one day? Hmm. I don't know if there was anything I wished I had tried that I didn't try. I mm -hmm. wished I had eaten more of it. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I wish I'd had an opportunity to go back because that's the hard thing. You go to a restaurant yeah. and it's just amazing. Mm -hmm. And you want to go back the next night, but you can't. You have to go try something new. Right, right. You, you can't. You can't eat at the same place all week, even though you want to. Because you want so to, many, right? <laughs> there's so many things on the menu that you want to try. Yeah. You know, uh, so you know, it's it, that's really hard. But you have to kind of. So I, I can't say. I'm trying to think if there's anything. I can't say there's nothing that I I want to try. I end up trying a lot more things than I ever would have because again people take me out uh, right again, right and when we were in madrid uh, the city had sent me on a tour a food tour mm -hmm. and the guy was so excited that was taking me out because he had gotten permission to get me um oh god barnacles barnacles yes oh my gosh barnacles are crazy expensive because yeah they're on the rocks and yep. so when the water goes out, you've got to scrape them off. And then when the water starts to come back in before you're thrashed against the rocks, you've got to get out. Oh, wow. So it's like in, out, in, out, scrape the barnacle, scrape the barn. So they were yeah. like really expensive. And he was so, you know, and again, he gave them to me and I says, all right, let's try these. So I had about three or four of them or five of them. And yeah, they're kind of like snails. If, if I could equate they? it, if I could equate it to anything, it was yeah. not something that i would just going into a restaurant the next day and say hey do you have barnacles <laughs> right you're not going out of your way for yeah no. <laughs> but you know i was glad i tried them uh, yeah. i've had so many different varieties of oysters you know, mm. in, in mm -hmm. ireland dennis, dennis try this it tastes like the sea and I'm oh, like, really? oh, my, oh my god it did taste like the sea he goes all right now try <laughs> this when it's milky and it's like oh it's like so it's like yeah they just keep handing you food and and, and and alcohol that's another thing right right especially I, in ireland i would imagine oh uh, you know ireland italy france they just i've been hammered at lunchtime more times <laughs> than i care to think about yeah yeah, yeah. We're, we're opening bottles of prosecco we went to a vineyard and he opened like eight bottles of wine and we just stumbled into this place and he was just so happy to see us and talk wow. to us and we appreciated him yes you know, and we bought a couple bottles, but that wasn't his goal. He was just, no. he was having, he was honestly having a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Like you and, said before, hospitality. Yeah. And yeah. you know, that's what you got to do when you feed people too, or yeah. when you feed yourself. Yeah. I tell people the biggest struggle with cooking is you try to make food that you don't really like to eat. Mm -hmm. because someone told you that you have to try this recipe or someone told you that this recipe has to be made this way mm. or you know you should eat this because it's good for you you know you know I, I start with something you really enjoy eating i always tell people for me it would be starting with chicken parm okay you know, i love chicken parm me and peyton manning got that in common we oh, love yeah. chicken parm <laughs> But, and I will gauge new Italian restaurants and how well they make chicken parm because if they mm -hmm. screw that up, they're not going to make something difficult. You know, it's, it's right, right. No, they're not. Yeah. So you know, if you if you make something that you really like to eat and the end results are really good and you're happy, next time you go in the kitchen, you're going to be a little happier with yourself and you're going right. to you're going to cook some more and then then you'll start to come out of your comfort zone a little bit after you're confident and after you've really enjoyed and your significant other or your kids or your friends are going wow 
I didn't know you could cook. You know, it's like, and then you start having fun with them in the kitchen. And yeah, you know, it yeah. becomes, a, again, a bonding place. For right. People. And the enjoyment right. is there and the quality of life increases. And you're spending maybe, you know, I always tell people, you know, I'll spend like three hours making dinner, Thanksgiving dinner, and we eat it in 15 minutes. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, all that time that you're spent working together in the kitchen is good quality time, too, even if you don't sit around the table for two hours to eat like yeah you know, the french and the italians do uh, <laughs> but you know it's still good quality of time yeah yeah no it it certainly is and that's that equity right that um when you're bonding with um loved ones close ones good friends yeah um not just eating but cooking yeah, yeah. so yeah that's great yeah so you, okay go ahead no i said you tell stories yeah, you know, you you relate things from your past, like if mm -hmm. you're telling someone, like I would talk about what my grandmother would make for me and different things, or right. you know, my mother never liked to cook until she after she retired. She didn't retire until she was almost eighty. Oh wow! Okay. But then she started cooking. I was like, ah, she enjoyed it. You know, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's all part of the whole experience. Yeah, no, I, I I completely agree with that, and 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 totally believe it is part of the experience. Uh, so speaking of experiences, uh, Chef Dennis, as you reflect on your many experiences, uh, all your different travels, the many interesting people you've met, and the very unique and interesting cuisine that you've had at these places, um, what if what is one thing you can say you truly learned about yourself? or people in general, um, uh, you know, with, with everything the world has to offer with such beautiful scenery and, and cuisine, what have you learned about yourself and other people? I, I, about myself, I've learned that I needed to take time and listen mm -hmm. to people because they had something to say. Mm -hmm. Where when I was in the kitchen working, it, it, there was never time to listen. There was never time. You know, I, I missed out on so many great stories. Mm, um, mm -hmm. There was one point we were in, we were actually in Italy and um, the, the troop went off to go walk through the woods. And I, Chef Dennis doesn't feel like walking through the woods. Today. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I'm going to sit here at the table. Well, as soon as they left uh, with the owner of this uh, bed and breakfast, there was mm -hmm. an older Italian gentleman. Mm -hmm. He came over and sat with me and started talking to me. And I'm thinking, oh, God, what fresh hell have I entered in? <laughs> yeah. And all of a sudden, he's talking to me. And I, I said, I don't understand much Italian. I really, and I don't speak much Italian. And he just shook his head and nodded. And I'm going, and he's starting to talk to me. And I'm listening to the stories. And I'm watching the expressions. And he'd laugh. And we'd talk. And, and I started to understand what he was telling me through facial expressions, through mannerisms, through yeah. the word, few words I could pick up. And I'm going, oh, God, I wish I understood everything he said. Because these stories, yeah, he's telling me about when he was in the army in Sicily. And the colonel, the colonel I, I got the colonel was not a very good man. Okay. <laughs> colonel, oh, and the lieutenant, oh. But yeah, the colonel, yeah. colonel was not a very good So I got these, and I'm thinking, oh, this man is a wealth. And we were talking about his daughter his mm -hmm. daughter-in-law and how she she was growing roses and made all these rose liquids and flour uh, and soaps and rose yeah. things yeah and he's and i could understand enough to say you know she wanted to open this b and b and and oh, do this and i just looked at him and went yeah you know so i right. shrugged and go, eh, what are you what are you gonna do and he goes he just shook his head like yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Understood. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, and it was just such a great unexpected conversation. And as soon as they came back, he just got up and went and sat by himself again. Oh, did he? And I'm thinking, oh, that's sad. I wish, yeah. I wish I could speak to him, and I wish I could tell him I want to talk to him more yeah. because yeah. that that was one thing that left me and. Different things you pick up on your travels. Yeah, yeah. I remember being in Italy and this really elderly Italian woman, you know, all in black with her suitcases is trying to get to her train. Mm -hmm. So I look up and see what train it is. I pick up her suitcase and I take her arm and I walk her over to her train and she gives me a kiss on both cheeks and thanks me and goes in. I don't, I didn't speak much Italian. I could hardly converse with her. But, you know, it was an act of kindness that was... Right. I wasn't expecting to do, mm -hmm. but it was what people around me were doing. It's kind of right. like, you know, in the United States, we have gotten so, everything is so fast and everything is yeah. immediate gratification. And what have yeah. you done for me? And over there, it's like, ah, you know, you take your passeggiata, you know, you take your walk, your nice, quiet walk. And, and right. you, you, you know, El dolce de fare niente, the sweetness of doing nothing. I probably butchered, mm. the, butchered it, but that's mm. kind of how you need to start living. And, and after my so many trips, that's kind of started to sink in. Gotcha. And, and um, started to relate. And even moving to Florida from New Jersey, I had to slow down. Slow down. I had to slow down. I had mm -hmm. to constantly apologize to people and say, I'm very sorry. I just moved from the north. Right. <laughs> and they're like, oh, understood. Say no more. <laughs> bless your heart. Bless your heart. Yeah, that's what that that would be the comment from the south. Yeah. yeah bless your heart. That's the uh, response. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But it's just, you know, there's things I've learned, I think, everywhere we've traveled. There's experience I've taken. Yeah. Uh, and gained from. I don't want to say taken because that's like you're not giving anything back. Right. I, right gain from it and by me gaining from it i have been able to give something to other people understood understood completely so uh how can the listeners access your blog and follow you in your culinary adventures and discoveries well i am askchefdennis.com okay it's pretty simple on all social media i am askchefdennis and awesome. uh if you Google Chef Dennis, I should fill up the first couple of pages. There might be an occasional other Chef Dennis out there, but it'll be <laughs> it'll be mostly me because I'm the I'm the one that that makes the most posts, <laughs> that makes the most noise. <laughs> All right, we will definitely make sure that we have um, uh, direct links in the episode show notes um, to your blog, to your website, and uh, and you know we'll uh, definitely make sure the listeners have it at their disposal to uh, follow your blog as they're listening to this wonderful, wonderful conversation. Chef Dennis Litley, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. I really, really appreciate you, sir. And hey, I'd love to have you back on the show in the next six to eight months um, to share any new travels that you may have had in that time. Absolutely. I would love to. Uh, like I said, we're heading back to New Jersey and mm -hmm. I'm hoping to get back on the road this fall. Things have kind of settled down and uh, I need to get out there and start meeting some new people and having some adventures. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. <clears throat> well, we can't wait to hear your next adventures, Dennis. Uh, thank you again, man, for coming on the show. It's been really, truly a pleasure. My pleasure, Aubrey. Thanks for having me.
All right. And I want to thank all of you for tuning in and listening. And look, if you know someone who is, say, down on their luck, um, maybe going through some really tough struggles, dark days of despair, uh, maybe it's a loved one, maybe it's a coworker, maybe it's uh, a good friend, you know, um, they just don't seem to know or have any idea where to turn or who to turn to. I humbly ask that you please share this show with them because on the road to rediscovery, we want our listeners to know two things. Number one, there's always hope. And number two, you are not alone. You're never alone. The road to rediscovery, it's a movement, a revolution. And guess what? You are now part of it. We're all roadies on this journey of life. And it sure feels good having you on the road with me. Thanks again for listening. We'll chat again soon. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of The Roads Rediscovery. We'd love to hear from you. Shoot us an email at roadsrediscoverypodcast at gmail.com and leave us any questions or comments you may have. The Roads Rediscovery is an AJ Shark production.